Can we get sued for using that? Probably. Yeah. Probably using. You just you just gotta change the tone. Go like. Oh, we're recording. Sorry, we're 13, 14, 15 seconds in. But yeah. So, all right. What's up, everybody? It's D. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is George. What's up, guys? This is Q. All right, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, just like everyone else, we're bored. So um, there's not a lot of topics either to talk about, um, except for if you watch like the NFL sim games. Do you guys watch that? Uh, I saw up until the Chargers lost to the Chiefs, and I was like, fuck this. Yeah, I I don't watch it. <laughs> I follow the results, and the Eagles lost in the first round to the Giants, which I don't get. But So after that, I kind of just stop paying attention. I mean, I follow it still, but I don't agree with the results. It's a video I mean, game. Me neither. What, what got me really upset, though, is, like, you got Pat Mahomes opening up on, like, the greatest Chargers defense ever, and it's like, you're telling me that he would still be able to do that against Junior Seau, Joey Bosa, uh, all those other guys. Like, please, get out of here. Mahomes, boy. All right, since we're talking about football, let's get into it first. First topic is the NFL draft. That's right. We're talking about football now. Yeah, there's nothing else, so let's talk about it. When the draft is April 23rd, is that it? I believe so, and it's going to be virtual too. So it's 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 going to be it's going to be something new, something yeah. never seen before. You know what? I kind of feel bad for Vegas. Like honestly, I was even thinking me and myself. I was thinking about going to Vegas to check out the NFL draft, and um, that's not happening. But I mean, shout out to the Corona. Yeah. All right. So, guys, what prospects do you like in this draft? Uh, you want to start off, Q, or would you rather I go first, or you go, Q? You want me to go? You can go first. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion uh, that Cincinnati is going to probably take Joe Burrow. Bust. He's from, from Ohio. Um, he just had arguably the greatest college football season uh, by a quarterback in college history. Um, I personally think the best player in the draft is Chase Young at number two, though, mm-hmm. uh, overall. Um, and we'll talk about it maybe later if we ever talk football again. But three of the last four NFL defensive rookies of the year have been Ohio State alums. Uh, Joey Bosa, Marshawn Lattimore, and I can't remember who the third one was. But uh, for football season, anyone interested in betting, I think just lock it in. Chase Young will be NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year next year. So I think he's one of the best pass rushers that's come out in college recently. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, uh, as like a linebacker safety hybrid, is just an athletic freak. He's someone that will probably go top five, top ten. I see making an impact in the NFL as well. Uh, So those are two guys I really like a lot. And then for me personally, uh, I don't think he falls to my team at 21, but – uh, there's a lot of good receivers in this draft. Henry Ruggs III is someone that uh, I think can make an immediate impact in the NFL. Uh, everybody talks about how fast he is, his 40 time. Uh, I think he's got good hands, good size. I think he's a great route runner. Um, he's just so much more of a complete receiver than a deep threat. Uh, similar to a Tyree Hill, I think he can make that kind of impact in the NFL with whatever team he's on. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I think it is a foregone conclusion that Joe Burrow is going to go first. But um, let's just go ahead and l- look at what he did this year. Like you said, he had one of the greatest seasons. I believe he had a different offensive uh, coordinator this season for the first time. But when you look at his tape from Ohio State and his first year at LSU, they don't exactly like 
doesn't the, the the tape doesn't exactly jump out and scream oh my god like you know this guy's the greatest quarterback prospect ever um i genuinely think that cincinnati is not a good system they haven't developed solid quarterbacks in a cool minute and i feel that joe burr going to alice i mean going to uh cincinnati would uh he, i feel like he's gonna bust in cincinnati um i don't uh that's just my opinion i'm looking at a couple mock drafts here i see maurice jones drew having justin herbert going number one to cincinnati um i don't know wow wait I, I, wait maurice jones drew yeah, wait, he's an analyst with that? the NFL now. I'm looking, oh, what is he? Good for him. Yeah, but he had Justin Herbert going first, so I mean, I don't, I don't know how he got the job, but hey, everyone's yeah, entitled to their opinion. I doubt that. Um, I agree with uh, Q saying Chase Young's probably the best prospect in the in the draft. He really is. Um, whether or not he gets the uh, the defensive player of the year, uh, I think that he's actually going to have some competition for that award from another Ohio State uh, player, and that's Jeff Okuda. I think the guy's like a tremendous cover corner, and um. I think he's going to give Chase Young a little bit of a run for his money, especially uh, if he ends up in Detroit. Whereas, uh, you know, sometimes you, they, they don't have like – they just got rid of Darius Slay, I believe. Uh, so I believe he's still there. I'm not sure. But uh, I think Jeff Okuda no, is going to give – They traded yeah, him. Right, so I think – oh, there you go. I believe Jeff Okuda is going to give him a little bit of a run, uh, Chase Young for a run for his money with the defensive rookie of the year. But I think Chase Young will come out on top. Uh, another prospect I like is uh, I'm a fan of Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I think it just it just sucks that he uh, got hurt the way he did. Uh, but I think that when it's all said and done, he'll if he's healthy, he'll have a better career in the long run than uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, secondly, someone that I feel is a uh, people are sleeping on sleeping on from the quarterback position is uh, Jordan Love. Uh, I think uh, there's a high upside for him, but we'll get into that later on. And just to piggyback on what Q said, I, I think Isaiah Simmons is just an absolute athletic freak who can just play anywhere. I know he's listed as a linebacker, but I mean the guy can the guy has rushed the the, the quarterback on the edge, get sacks. Guys can he can he can sit in the box. He's just a really 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 good NFL prospect, and I think Isaiah Simmons is just the best all around athlete in this draft. All right, agreed on that. That's a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah, for me, I really don't know. You know what? What are some prospects you guys don't like? Ah. All right, so I'll go ahead and start with this one. Obviously, I'm not a fan of uh, Joe Burrow. I think that uh, he benefited from the system that he was in last year. And, I, and again, I just don't see him uh, doing what he has to do. Uh, let me see. You know, it, it's there's not a whole lot of prospects that I don't like, only because it's so deep. Like, I can't tell you what a receiver that I don't like because I think Henry Ruggs the third is going to be good. I think Jerry uh, Jerry Judy is going to do well. I think C.D. Lamb is going to do well. Um, honestly, if 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 I have to like nitpick here, it's probably just Joe Burrow and maybe Justin Herbert. Only because um, with Justin Herbert, what I don't like is that all the tools are there. It's just that sometimes he just doesn't have the he doesn't read defenses that well. So that's the only thing I don't like. But if he can work with his offensive coordinator and his coaches and get better at that, then I have no doubt that even Justin Herbert will end up being a better quarterback in the long run than Joe Burrow. Okay. Cube? Um, kind of like George. There's not anybody in this draft. I don't think this is a particularly good or bad draft. Um, there's not anybody that I don't like per se. There are just prospects where I don't buy the hype as much as other people are. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't think are sure things like other people might say. Um, George mentioned uh, C.D. Lamb. I've heard comparisons to DeAndre Hopkins. I've seen the tape to make some 
very impressive catches. Um, one of the best wide receiver prospects. Um, but for some reason, I just like, I don't see that translating into the NFL. He seems too slow. The movements don't seem fluid. Um, you know, having said that, if the Dallas Cowboys draft him, um, like some people are speculating they might, which I don't know is the best option for them. But if they take him, I'm not going to be happy about that either. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be a superstar wide receiver like people are expecting him to. Um, George mentioned uh, Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. Uh, J- Herbert, he has all the tools. Uh, just something doesn't seem like it, it kind of seems like he plays a little too slow, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, for NFL type defense, um, you know, to attack him, I don't know if he he's able to figure it out. Um, but it'll be interesting to see because he's, I mean, he's got the size, he's got the arm, um, he's got the physical ability. Um, we'll just see if the the mental aspect keeps up with that. And then Jordan Love is probably the most fascinating quarterback prospect because um, you have people saying that he can go first round, and other people saying he shouldn't go uh, earlier than round three. Um, and I'm interested to see if any team takes a chance on him, how he turns out for him. All right. A lot of good stuff, guys. What teams really need to hit this draft? Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, Cincinnati needs to definitely hit this draft. Uh, they have the number one overall pick. Uh, you forget that they weren't half bad a couple of years ago. I mean, maybe I'm using the term a couple of years ago a little loosely, but when they had Andy Dalton, they had, they had some solid weapons for him. The line wasn't horrible like it was this past couple of years. You know, he had A.J. Green. He had Tyler Eifert. Was it Tyler Eifert? I believe it was Tyler Eifert. Yeah. Um, there was uh, Jerome Simpson. Like, there's been some solid receivers that have came and went through Cincinnati and solid players that have came and went through Cincinnati. It's just a matter that they've always put it on uh, QB. And I'm not saying Andy Dalton was a great QB, but I think that Marvin Lewis overstayed his welcome a little bit too long in Cincinnati. And for them to think that they're going to bring in Joe Burrow after, honestly, one good college season, and he's just going to miraculously flip the switch and fix the team, like, I don't I don't see that. So they definitely need to find a way to just – if they're really going to go with Joe Burrow, they got to find a way to make sure that they give him the proper weapons and the proper uh, scheme and system to uh, thrive. I think another team that needs to hit it out of the park right now is um, my personal team, and that's the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, only because they're two years, I believe, uh, yeah, two years removed from a playoff appearance uh, when they were doing really well. I put last season on some of the mental mistakes that Phillip Rivers did, so I hope Indianapolis has a lot of fun with that. Um so I think that they really got a hit out of the park here. Now, whether or not they should go with a quarterback or they should go defense, uh, my gut tells me if, if you're really going to roll with Tyrod, um, next year's QB draft might not be as bad. I know uh, Trevor Lawrence is coming out. Um, whether or not they're able to get him next year's, uh, next year's draft, I don't know. But I feel that there's also some, speaking like to what Q said, there, there's some good QBs that you may be able to take in the – in the early second round. I think Jordan Love is one of them. I think uh, Jalen Hurts is another one that they could look at. And then, because, I mean, I feel like after Tua, Justin Herbert, too many question marks, Joe Burrow's not going to be there. So I'd rather just go with a a Jalen Hurts or a Jordan uh, Love, and I would see if there's any way that you can land an Isaiah Simmons in the first round. And I think that having Isaiah Simmons with Derwin James, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, who they just got, Desmond King, uh, Joey Bosa, you know, Melvin, um, hopefully Jerry Tillery so, uh, shows some improvement in its second year. I think make the defense one of the best defense in the league next year. And then um, if you're really already committed to Tyrod Taylor, a guy like Jalen Hurts, who has a similar uh, t- 
tools to uh, tie a rod with as far as the running and the arm and same thing with Jordan Love. Uh, you can have him sit one year and hopefully, you know, he, he learns a little bit and then he can come. One of those two guys can come out swinging in, the, in their second season. All right, Q. Um, I'm going to go with uh, two other teams in the top six. Uh, I'm going to say the Washington Redskins. Um, they just they finally fired their GM, Bruce Allen, who um, didn't have the best track record the last few seasons uh, building that team. Um, they have their franchise quarterback, presumably in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, and they're going to have to try to get out of Bruce Allen's shadow. And I know Dan Snyder's, you know, not the best owner in the NFL, um, but that move maybe showed that they want to make a change and actually be a good NFL team. Um, and having a number two pick, you got to take Chase Young. I think if Joe Burrow is taken number one by Cincy, that'll be a good start um, to, you know, give that defense a franchise cornerstone and get this team moving in the right direction. Um, another team I would say is the Miami Dolphins. You know, I, it's amazing uh, if you had told me in week two that this team would win five games at the end of the year, I wouldn't have believed you because they had already looked like one of the worst teams of all time, um, you know, by that point. Um, but they did a lot of good things in the offseason, a lot of big signings, uh, made a lot of trades for picks in this draft and in future drafts. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to take Tua or Justin Herbert here as a franchise quarterback, or if they're going to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen. Um, but <laughs> nevertheless, I think it's important um, them to hit at number five to keep the momentum moving forward um, that they've made over the past off season. Wait, who has the fifth pick? Are you uh, talking about Miami. Or Dolphins? No, oh. Miami. I thought Miami had the second pick. No, that's Washington. No, Washington. It's got a second pick. It says mock trade. Oh, is, what the hell does mock trade mean? Okay. They're probably it's, saying they're going to trade to yeah. Washington to, to get oh, someone. Oh, got it. Okay. Sounds that would be a huge mistake on Washington's part because if they can pair players like Montez Sweat and Chase Young on the edges, it would be a really, really good start to their defensive line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to take Chase Young, I think, if you're Washington. Unless you're not convinced Dwayne Haskins is a franchise quarterback, but that, that would be uh, kind of unfair to him, I think. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I don't know much about football, but there's a few things I need. I know. Uh, the first one that needs to hit is the Raiders. They're moving into Vegas. Uh, they have two first-round picks. They need a Jesus Christ. Hold on. Yeah. Anyways, they need a hit. Um, the second team I have is the Houston Texans. Trading DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I don't know God. what that means for Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's a great quarterback. <laughs> I would love for him to leave. That's my opinion. But um, we'll see. I think they need a hit. Also, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They just got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. They need to make sure he has weapons. They need to make sure he has an O-line. Oh, he has weapons, man. I'm sure he does. Yeah. But one more doesn't hurt or adding something on the no. defensive. I, I agree, uh, but I think from a from a uh, an offensive an offensive skill set posi- like an offensive skill set positions he has weapons he has uh, Chris Godwin he has uh, Mike Evans um, I don't know what he so I mean he already has two good receivers I think what they need to to do is get a solid running back for him as well and uh, mm-hmm. that's that's where they got 
drafted in this draft. Yeah. Hopefully, can you land yeah. a running back for Tom Brady? Maybe someone like a Jonathan Taylor or uh, uh, what's his name, J.K. Dobbins would be great. <clears throat> they, okay, yeah, but so they still need to hit because obviously it's win now mode. He's oh, forty yeah. something years old, and um, yeah, and the last team that needs to hit for me is uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Man, they they traded for Clowney. There's rumblings that he might leave after just one year, which would really suck. And, you know, Russell Wilson's not getting older. So if they really want to make one last push, I think they need to hit it out the park. If I could add one more team that needs to find a way to get into the first round, uh, the Rams. The LA Rams need to find a way into the into the first round because as soon, like, as quick as their Super Bowl team came together, it's fallen apart that that quickly so they need to find a way to try to get some first round talent in here because i don't believe they have a first round pick in this year's draft next year's draft and the year after that so mm-hmm. i think it's two to three years without a first round pick because of trades that they made for uh i always forget the guy's name ramsey. uh ramsey and the the the, the 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 defensive player from jacksonville i can never get the guy's name uh well, that was ramsey but um yeah the, the other the yeah the other defense i yeah, so they need to find a way to try to get some talent around here because as of right now, I'm sorry, because because as of right now, uh, Jared Goff is going to get seriously exposed next year. Uh, he's losing weapons. I know he still has Cooper Cup. I know he still has Robert Woods, but um, defensively they lost a lot of key pieces. They also uh, just lost Brandon Cooks. They lost Todd Gurley. Um, from what I saw from their second. Uh, their uh, man, their second string quarterback, who they got out of Memphis last year, he didn't show any, uh, I guess, promise or some of the stuff that you would that, that you saw from Gurley, like they wanted him to be a compliment to Gurley. So um, as of right now, the Rams really got to find a way to get into the first round. Uh, I know they got a second round pick from Texans for uh, from for Brandon Cooks, but they need to find a way to continue momentum with the new stadium coming up, and everybody, you know bashing on the Chargers, you know, being the B team here. Uh, you know what? If, if they end up having a worse record at the end of the their first inaugural season at SoFi Stadium, it's not going to look good for them at all. Yeah. years removed from the Super Bowl appearance. Yep. And they basically have not a whole lot of anything at this point to, uh, to show for it. Um, I know Sean McVay's uh, first two seasons were very successful, but I don't mean Dynab had a discussion. Teams that Teams are going to adjust defensively. Now it's up to him to make some sort of adjustment. And it looked like he wasn't able to make those adjustments last season. So um, I told D, my prediction is that uh, I think next season is going to be Jared Goff's last season as a starter in the NFL because um, I think he's going to be exposed that bad. And I think that there are going to be some fans calling for uh, Sean McVay to be fired at the end of next season. Mm. Wow. Hot take right there. Hot take right there, my friends. Super hot fire. Turn on boy wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I never thought he was a boy wonder. I saw too much Philip Rivers in that guy. Believe me, when you see Philip Rivers play quarterback for I don't know how many years, uh, you start you to pick up on some nuances with some quarterbacks. <laughs> for sure. George, you wanted to talk about QB ratings? Or would, or did you mean for the mock draft? Or did you mean... Uh, that- it was more about just ranking the quarterbacks, uh, who we think is the best quarterback prospect. Because I know the, the, the names that are out right now are Tua, Herbert, uh, Burrow, uh, Love and uh, Jalen are like the big five quarterbacks. Uh, I just kind of just wanted to go over as far as how Q would rank them, who he thinks is the best one out of those five from best to worst. So go ahead, Q, if you want to go ahead and let me know. I mean, 
I think I'm kind of with you. Um, it's not that I don't like Joe Burrow. I just uh, think it's too good to be true. Um, mm-hmm. The sample size is really small. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that we haven't seen him face adversity because there were a couple games last year at LSU where I guess he could have folded under the pressure or um, not made any plays, and, and yet he did. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just not I, – I think it's just maybe I'm not expecting him to have the type of support system he has in the, in the NFL that he did at LSU, and uh, I won't expect him to respond like he did at LSU. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I would say, in my personal opinion, to it, Tonga Vailoa is probably a better quarterback um, skill-wise um, and just overall. I think the mm-hmm. only question with Tua is going to be the health because that's been um, an issue the past two seasons is, uh, you know, he hasn't finished the season uh, healthy um, or at 100%. Um, and, you know, I think the other question with him too is, you know, when he actually faces a good team, um, you know, is he able to, to put up the same, you know, eye-popping numbers? Mm-hmm. Uh, that he did when they were playing the rest of the SEC and stuff. Because we saw, you know, the two games in the last two years, that the three games actually the last two years, when he actually played a team as good as Alabama, uh, you know, he didn't have a good showing. Um, mm-hmm. Versus, you know, Georgia and SEC championship, Clemson and national championship, and then LSU last year. Um, they lost or nearly lost all those games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I think from an actual skill standpoint, you know, I would take him over Burrow. I'd go Herbert right after. Um, and I think those three are the, the cream of the crop in this year's draft. Everybody else, um, I would say, is at least a level or rung below. Can you repeat your top three, Q? Tua, Burrow, and Herbert. Okay. Uh, I Basically, I, I agree for the most part with what Q said, but I mean, I know, I know one thing that Joe Burrow is also going to see is that Cincinnati is not willing to pay free agents the way, you know, the SEC college system is willing to pay some of these. Right. There you go. I said it. Um, they still way, paying. What happened? They still paying. Yeah, do the pack. Yeah, the Pac-10 plays players, and then they get caught, and next thing you know, like the Pac-12 is, sorry, Pac-12 isn't that great anymore, and SEC can still get away with it because it's Alabama and LSU. Don't even get me started with that. Um, but I mean, uh, when when the state's highest paid employee is the uh, university's football coach, I think that says it all. California yeah. can't afford to do that. We got too much more important shit going on. True, uh, true. Know, but I think uh, that that says a lot right there. If I was, that's what I'm saying. I don't see Joe Burrow having. I don't see Cincinnati having the money to give Joe Burrow the support like the SEC did. Uh, so. Based on that, you know, the, the way I rank them, I definitely have Tua first. I actually have Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow. I think Justin Herbert, uh, even though there's some question marks with him, you know, uh, mentally, I think just with what he does, what he can do physically at six foot six, you know, throwing the ball flat footed like 65 yards uh, plus, I just think that Joe Burrow doesn't have that athletic ability. So just based on sheer athleticism, I put uh, Justin Herbert second. I would then go with Joe Burrow. And then for me, it's a toss-up. I think it's like a tie between uh, Jalen Hurts and Jordan Love. All right, all right. Those are good ones. All right. The last one, we have two more topics. But divisional winners, boys. Let's start it off. Who do you think is going to win the AFC East? The AFC East. Ah, man. You know what? The AFC. Let me just go ahead and pull up. Here we go. So the AFC East. Oh, I mean, it's definitely not – doesn't belong to the Patriots anymore. I don't think it will. 
No. Um, I'm taking the Bills in the AFC East this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Josh Allen's going to get better. I think we're going to see – we're going to be pleasantly surprised with um, Devin Singletary, the running back. Uh, you know, I, I was I was a fan of what he did last year. Now that Frank Gore is gone, I think he's really going to do really well. I don't see the Jets really doing much more than they did last year. Uh, I don't think just drafting a good quarterback is going to make the Dolphins improve that much either. Uh, but they should be better than the Jets. Uh, and, yeah, I don't see the Patriots. I'm, I'm going with the Bills here. I think that they're the more complete team in the AFC East at this point. Q? You Bill know what? The, the Bills makes the most sense, obviously, with Brady leaving New England, uh, Miami, and the Jets drafting in the top 10, not, not like, just ready yet to, to win that division. Uh, I'm going to give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt, at least Ooh. one more season. I'm going to take New England. Ooh. I don't know if Jared Stidham's going to be the starting quarterback or if maybe they make a move for someone else or how they're going to upgrade their offensive weapons. Uh, but I'm going to trust the greatest football coach of all time to figure it out at least this year and, and still take home the AFC East title. Damn. Um, he's getting ready with that spy technology already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're, they're doing something. Maybe at the virtual draft, they're able to, to get some hackers. Yeah, what? The, the Patriots are collecting one now? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with Buffalo. Just I, I'm a believer of Josh Allen. I like the offense. I'm going to go with them. And they have a pretty decent defense. And and that's one thing that I've also discussed with you, D, about Justin Herbert. He gives me a Josh Allen vibe. That's neither uh-huh. a good thing or a bad thing. That necessary. That just means that all the tools are there, but sometimes there's these like sh- like some decision making that you just kind of like wait, what? Not that I'm a couch QB. I mean, I kind of am a couch QB, but um, <laughs> there's just yeah, there's just some decision that you see and you're like, why would you do that? I so, can throw it over the mountain. Yeah, dude, Uncle Rico. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude. So <laughs> that's basically that's basically where that's at. So I mean, I'm a fan of Josh Allen, but I don't think he. Uh, that's where I see Josh Herbert. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. All right. We're gonna get to Uncle Rico when we talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. Gardner right. Minshew. Let's go to the AFC North. Q. Who do you think is gonna win that one? I'm gonna stick with Baltimore for now, just because what they did last year was really impressive. Um, they didn't lose a lot of pieces in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Lamar wins MVP again, um, but I think it's safe to say the system works um, and no one's figured it out yet uh, how to stop them or how to beat them. Um, I will say that I think Pittsburgh, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger being healthy or sticking to just one quarterback next year, they will give Baltimore a little bit of a run. Um, I-, I actually picked Pittsburgh to win the division last year. Um, and you know, even though they didn't, you know, I thought they played fairly well despite having to shuffle quarterbacks and, and deal with a lot of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think that the team overall there besides the quarterback situation is solid, especially that defense. So, um, I'm going to go with Baltimore, but I think Pittsburgh is going to give them a little bit of a run. All right. I think yeah. Baltimore is going to win it, uh, just cause it's Baltimore, you know, and, but I think Lamar Jackson is going to be slowed down this season. That's all I'm going to say. But I still think Baltimore. George? Um, I think Q just took the word out of my mouth. That's essentially what I was going to say. I know the Browns made some really good moves. They got a new, they got their new tight end in Austin Hooper. I want to say they signed a, a lineman as well this year. Um, but you know what? For me, the Browns, like I know when they got Jarvis Landry and they got uh, 
uh, Odell Beckham, and then they they brought in uh, Baker Mayfield after his re- I mean uh, Baker Mayfield after his rookie year had a lot of hype. I never bought it, and I'm not gonna buy their acquisitions right now either. Uh, but I think it's a toss up between Baltimore and uh, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I think the Browns just made a huge mistake when they took Baker Mayfield in the first place. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go to the Dirty South, AFC. George, talk to me. Uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna continue rolling with the Titans for next uh, next year. Um, I think that it's. I don't think it was cool. I understand running backs don't get paid the way they used to, but the fact that you throw all this money to Ryan Tannehill. And like you can't throw that kind of money to Derrick Henry when he was your workhorse. It's it's a little bit upsetting. Um, I know the Colts are, are stupid. Are, That's what it is. Thank you. Uh, Houston Texans are going to be a non-factor this year. I don't know what Bill O'Brien's doing, but uh, yeah, have fun with the disgruntled quarterback who's probably going to ask for a trade soon. Uh, the Colts, look, I'm sorry. I know you guys like the combination of uh, you know Frank Reich and Philip Rivers coming back together. As someone who saw Philip Rivers play QB for the past 10 years, you're not going to get anything great. Uh, granted, he has a really good line now, so as long as he, he has the time to to throw the ball, and I'm not saying give him like you know the average amount of time. No, he's going to need a lot more time to make sure that he goes through his reach to throw the ball, and even then, he still might throw 50-50 balls and end up getting picked off. Um I don't think Philip Rivers is the the win now quarterback for the Colts, so I'm just gonna roll with the Titans on this one. Um, I, 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 I'm curious to see what they do in, late in the draft, how they can uh, make that team even uh, take a little bit of a next step. Uh, but I'm rolling with the Titans in the South. All right, cute. I'm gonna, you know, maybe I just need to see. Rivers throw like five picks a game in a different uniform or in a different shade of blue. Um, but I'm going to give him one more chance. I'm going to go with the Colts, actually. I think this team should have won the division last year. Um, you know, had maybe they gotten a little more consistent quarterback play. Um, you know, not not to say Jacoby Brissett's not a good quarterback, but um, I think he's a French starter. Uh, but maybe someone a little more elite could have taken this roster over the top. Uh, Houston, I still will think I still think we'll be pretty good, um, but obviously um, there's uncertainty at wide receiver now that you take uh, one of the best wide receivers in the game off of that roster. I'm not sure who's going to be the number one receiver because Will Fuller's hurt half the year, every single year. Kiki Cootie is not number one receiver material, so I'm not sure who Deshaun Watson's going to throw to. And again, uh, you have some concern over who's going to block for him because the line is always Mm -hmm. uh, struggling. And Tennessee is just, for me personally, the most frustrating team to uh, watch or bet on or anything. They're schizophrenic. Um, I think last year uh, was a little bit of a flash in the pan. I don't know if they're going to be consistent again. Vrabel um, and Co. have been very inconsistent, so I'm not going to trust them to win the division because they probably won't if I pick them. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Indy. I think... Uh, you know, at the very least, this next year, Philip Rivers should uh, get them over the top. I've been saying I'm going to give Philip Rivers one more chance this 2013. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that hasn't gone well, I guess. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to go with Tennessee. I'm going to keep it keep it simple. Keep it Tennessee. And uh, do we even have to go through the AFC West? Well, yeah, man. Right. Let's go. George, what do you think AFC West? LA Chargers, not. Um, no, it's definitely going to go to uh, to Kansas City again. 
the the defense flipped the switch second half of last season. So as long as the defense stays consistent and Patrick Mahomes keeps on doing what he's doing, there's no reason why they shouldn't run away with the uh, the AFC West. Yeah. Q? Yeah, it's Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, even like like George said, the defense has if they play like they do last year consistently again. Um, even if he misses a few games, you know, knock on wood for them, uh, they should be able to hold down the fort. And and obviously, if he's in the lineup, they're uh, one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, that's easy, Kansas. All right, let's go to the NFC East. Quinton Hom, let's start with you. Uh, I mean, it's a homer pick, but I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you can't trust the Dallas Cowboys. I don't care how much talent they have. Nope. Uh, I don't care if they got a new coach. Um, you know, I don't care about Dak Prescott's stats. Uh, you know, they're they're not reliable. Um, the Giants and Redskins just aren't there yet, unless uh, whoever they draft is just a franchise-altering player. Um, so... And I know that the NFC East, I believe since 2004, there hasn't been a repeat winner of the division. And the Eagles just won it last year, so that would suggest that they're not going to win it again. Uh, but I'm not going to pick the Cowboys over the Eagles. So I'm going to stick with the Eagles. Uh, I'm going to roll with the Eagles too. Um, but here, here's my issue with the NFC East. It's always, and no disrespect to you, the most overhyped division, and it gets the most nationally televised games because of the Cowboys mainly and, and the Giants. And my thing is, like, how about we get more competitive games on TV? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to roll with the Eagles. Uh, again, the NFC East is always just a clusterfuck of teams where it's like, okay, like, it's a team of runs where, like, Washington will go off for two, three wins, and then the Eagles will go off for five wins, and then the, the Giants will go off for four, and then the Cowboys win six. And at the end of the season, they all end up, like, at eight and eight and nine and six and nine and seven. So um, it's it's always a very, very tough division to, to find out who's going to win, and it's not necessarily because all the teams are great. It's just because all the teams just tend to fall short of expectations. But I am going to roll with the Eagles uh, in the NFC East this season. Yeah, I don't trust the Cowboys, so Eagles. All right. Especially now that they got Darius Slay, which uh, should hopefully help take care of their secondary a little bit because that secondary was a mess last season. Okay. Yeah. NFC North. George, go for this, it. This is a tough one. Um, I know the Bears brought in Nick Foles, and Nick Foles has had some nice, you know, runs in his career. Never been like a true starting caliber quarterback. And I think his time in Jacksonville kind of showed that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Bears are interesting. And then he still got Khalil Mack. I know the Vikings just lost to Fon Diggs. Uh, and the Lions, I don't think they're there yet. Uh, Green Wait, Bay. the Vikings lost Diggs? Yeah, he's, a, he's in Buffalo now too, by the way. I forgot to mention. So Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs now, by the way, too. So that's why I'm rolling with the Bills. Uh, and the East. Uh, yeah, yeah, easily. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just in the NFC North, I'm just going to go with, uh, you know, just old man Rodgers, man. So I'm going to go with Green Bay and the NFC North. I'm going to stick with Green Bay as well. Detroit's, you know, this is a break year for them, but I don't expect them to contend for the division by any means. Uh, no disrespect to Nick Foles as an Eagles fan, but uh, if he's not wearing the Eagles colors, I don't know if he's the type of quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know how much more he gives Chicago than what Mitch Trubisky gives him. Uh, and then Minnesota should give Green Bay a, a good run for the division title, but I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers over the Vikings any day if he's healthy. Um, at least the divisional crown. 
So I'll, I'll stick with Green Bay. I have too many questions with Minnesota. I know they just lost the Fawn Diggs. I know they still have Adam Thielen and they still have uh, Dalvin Cook. But my biggest question mark there is what's going to happen with their uh, their secondary, only because Xavier Rhodes is gone. And I think Trey Waynes is gone too, right, Q or no? Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to have two brand new corners. Uh, so I, I don't know if they're going to try to go in house for that free agency or uh, through the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just have too many question marks on the Vikings defense, which wasn't half bad last last year. Uh, but now that you the secondary is just extremely exposed. Um, and then the fact that they just lost like a true number one receiver in Stephon Diggs, and they actually forked over more money for uh, they gave an extension to uh, this guy so irrelevant. I already forgot his name to their quarterback. Thank you, Kirk. You like that? Yeah, right. I don't see Kirk Cousins being able to do uh, what Aaron Rodgers does in that division. Yeah, uh, yeah, Rodgers all day. All right, NFC South, Q, what's up? I'm going to stick with the New Orleans Saints. Um, I This one's, you know, if you look at last year's division, they won that division easily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Carolina is going to compete. You know, they'll be a solid bad team. But I don't expect them to compete. Atlanta, near the same, maybe a, a 500 team. So it's between Tampa and New Orleans now that Tampa got Tom Brady. Uh, but I just think New Orleans' roster is better from top to bottom. Um, um, and I don't know if Tampa Bay, even with Brady, can overcome that. So I'm going to stick with the Saints at least for just one more year. Oh, God. George? I'm going to roll with the Saints again. Uh, again. Anytime I could see Drew Brees beat up on a former Patriot like Tom Brady, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, every time I see Drew Brees, I get a little bit of a, of an upset stomach because it's like, hey, hey, you know what? He could have been there. You know, even if you guys know what I'm getting at, he could have been with the Chargers, but no, we went with Phillip Rivers, who was never able to beat, you know, Tom Brady when it mattered. So if Drew Brees can go out there, you know what, beat Tom Brady twice this year and then, you know, beat him in the playoffs, it's just going to prove everything that I've like had in my mind. So I'm going to roll with the Saints. And I just think that from uh, skilled positions, they're just a little bit better than the Buccaneers. Although the Buccaneers have two great receivers, I think the Saints are just um, – they're, they're already uh, used to each other. There's chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Where now you're bringing in a new quarterback in Tampa Bay, and you got to really see how it's going to work. And Tampa Bay has a lot of questions at the running back position, which you know Tom Brady depended a lot on in uh new england when he had uh i mean he had definitely had like all these different running backs but he had running backs that were able to catch the ball out of the backfield and i don't think tampa bay has too many of those mm-hmm. um whereas the saints are still going to roll out with alvin kamara we saw uh latavius murray do pretty good when alvin kamara was out they still got probably the best receiver right now on michael thomas um and you know so i'm gonna roll with the saints okay that's good i'm gonna roll with the saints too NFC West, George, this is the last one. Make it count. This is not going to go to the Rams. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Um, I think the Cardinals are a sleeper, but I don't I don't want to automatically say, like, hey, you know what, with, you know, with uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, it's another year. It's a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, tread off the tires. Um, I think it's a toss-up between the Seahawks and the 49ers. But I think that the 49ers might have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. 
So I'm going to roll to Seahawks this season. George? I mean, Q? I'm going to agree with George. I, I I don't see the Niners being as good next year um, for different reasons. Um, so I'm going to stick with Seattle. I know there's uncertainty with Clowney coming back or not. Um, I expect him to stay because it doesn't look like uh, he's getting the money that he wants. And so he probably will take Seattle's offer back. And Russell Wilson will do what Russell Wilson does. Um, and if the running game stays healthy, um, that'll help open up the passing game for him. Um, so I, I, I think Seattle edges San Francisco for this division. And just to clarify, Emmanuel Sanders left the Niners, right? I Correct. vaguely remember that. Where's he he is with the Saints now. You got Drew Brees now, Michael Thomas. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. I'm uh, sure they'll draft a receiver in the first or second round, but still. Nice. All right, go Saints. Um, I, I agree with you guys. Just something happens when just teams play the Patriots in the Super Bowl and they lose. Just like what happened with Atlanta, they could not get that back. It happened to the Rams. It happened to the Rams. Exactly. Thank you. So I just see the same thing happening to the Niners and all the Niner fans are going to go back to being whatever fucking fans they're going to be. So I'm going to go the Seahawks. I think Niner fans are fairly loyal, but you know, so be it. Mm-hmm. Let me put it this way. I've been to the Bay since 2015, no, man. Yeah, and, and in 2015, I did not. I saw more Raider fans, Raider jerseys than Niner jerseys. Dude, I see more but, Raider fans here in L.A. than I see Rams and Chargers jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> but then put it this and then in 2019 i went to go visit obviously because you know i have family there all these niner fans out of nowhere no yeah i know i know some raiders niners flip-floppers as well yeah so, so. and then yeah. you guys know the warriors are winning the title next year too right with clayback ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude lakers gonna lose all those fans again man yep yeah all right man well damn that was 41 minutes that's what's up all right all right, so let's go to let's try to keep this segment short. Let's go to the NBA mock draft. Uh, let's flip the switch and let's just talk about our overall thoughts on this draft, guys. Uh, it's going to be short and sweet. Go for it. Um, I don't really know who a lot of the players coming out are. Uh, first and foremost, I think. Se- uh, secondly, uh, this NCAA season was. Besides it getting March Madness being canceled, I don't think it was going to be that great of a tournament to begin with. Um, there's not really a whole lot of players that pop out at you. Uh, there wasn't really any team like you've seen in previous years with Duke teams, Kentucky teams, and North Carolina teams that have, you know, a lot of NBA talent on their on their squads. It just didn't look like a. It just didn't look like there was a true number one this season. Now, granted, that could have made for some excitement because it's like, okay, who's going to win? It could have been a small school taking it this year. Uh, but as far as, you know, a clear-cut favorite or even even when you look at the draft, like a, a player that stands out to you, I don't think there was a whole lot of any of that this year in basketball, in college basketball. Q? Yeah, I mean, like George said, the, the college game this year is – uh, was one of the most unpredictable seasons, I would say. Obviously, you have your popular uh, title picks, uh, you know, Kansas, Dayton, uh, Gonzaga. Uh, but I think this is the first year, at least for me, that I had no clue who was going to win. And I'd be lying if I said 
you know, that, that my pick I was like 100% confident in, like in previous years. Um, and that's due to, to different things. But I think that also reflects on the draft um, because I think this is an unpredictable draft this year as well. Um, I don't know if any of these guys are franchise players. Um, you know, even if you're going number one, I don't know if that's uh, the same value you're getting as number one picks in other drafts. Um, so nevertheless, I think there are some good players in this draft, but I don't know if they're going to be superstars per se. I think they'll help teams. I don't know if they Yeah, and I'm just going to piggyback on that. Um, I feel like this was the worst NCAA just season ever, basketball season. Just because of the fact where I'm, I'm looking at the mock draft and the, the, out of the top 10 players, like five of them are from overseas or didn't even play. Like mm-hmm. you look at LaMelo Ball, you look at James Wiseman, who only played like maybe five games. Uh, the kid from Ez- Israel, Danny Avidil, and then also another kid from France that was like, I had no idea about. And then you also add Cole Anthony, who was also hurt most of the year. And that's five players. And then Anthony Edwards, Georgia was in all that. Obi Topin, Dayton had a great season. Did I ever hear about them? Not really. Um, yes. And I, to be honest, I wasn't a fan. I really don't see a superstar. The only one who I can maybe be close to, I'm not even going to count him as a superstar, but just like, he's going to be good as LaMelo Ball. Like, I mean, I like Anthony Edwards' game, but I don't see him as a superstar. Obi Topin, I really don't know much about him. Uh, Nico Manion is a top 10 prospect, which I'm shocked. Uh, and yeah, like, I don't know. I have a question for both of you guys. Is this draft going to be as weak as the year two th- as the 2000 draft? I think it's going to be weak. It might be. I think it depends on, um, and not to not to say I think he's the best prospect per se or not, but uh, I guess how well LaMelo Ball lives up to the hype. Mm-hmm. If, if he's the only franchise player in this draft, but he actually lives up to the hype and is better than Lonzo and is an all-star caliber point guard and all that, I think that's enough to get it over the 2000 draft because that one didn't have any franchise players at all. Um, but in terms of how deep it is or lack thereof um, and how there's not a lot of options, it, it could go, it could be in close competition with the 2000 draft. Yeah. And I know me and Daniel have discussed this before. Do you think, uh, cause I, I know we, these are just projections based on record, but obviously as Daniel reminded me, the lottery can shake things up a bit with LaMelo ball, having bought his team in Australia. Do you think that now gives him some leeway in being able to, to decide which team drafts him and where he wants to play where, cause now that he owns a team, he could easily just be like, Hey, well, I'm going to stay in Australia. Do you think that plays any role in him being able to control his, uh, his draft destination? You, you want to go first? I, I don't know. Actually, I never had thought of it like that. I'm sure LeVar thinks he has some power and they'll try to do something um, to get Speaking into somewhere existence. that he wants. And then if it doesn't work out, I'll just blame the coach or, or blame mm-hmm. anybody but himself or his son. Um, but I don't know if it'll actually work um, in that regard. So, But that, that's a good way to use leverage, I guess, is to say he's just going to go back to playing overseas um, or, or doing his own thing over there. So definitely maybe that was uh, an impetus for them buying the team. <clears throat> um, 
I, honestly, I don't think so. I think he's going straight to the league. He's been waiting to do this since he was 16, really. I think he's wants to go. He dropped out of high school. Yeah. Well, that's his dad. But, yeah. Like, I really think he's just waiting to kick, play. And I think his game offensively fits the league more than any other league. Fits the NBA more than any other league. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Cole Anthony is an electric point guard, but he kind of reminds me of Dennis Smith Jr. And we're seeing how Dennis Smith Jr. is right now. And I think it's bad luck with teams. But, <sighs> yeah, I need Isn't to do more. New York, though? Yeah, exactly. I mean, New York with Alfred Payton and Frank Milikina. That's where your career goes to die. <laughs> yeah. I By read... the way, really quick, really quickly yeah. with the Knicks. Did you guys see that James Dolan got the, the coronavirus? Corona. Did, did yeah. you see if just anybody that wants something kind of dark to laugh at, look at the comment section. It's yeah. Not, it's safe to say that the Knicks fans wouldn't mind a, a casualty in that regard. It's kind of sad, I guess, to say, but uh, when you manage the team like James Dolan has the past two decades, I, it's a little understandable, I guess. That that gave a new meaning to like ball of life. I was just like, my God, like I I understand basketball is important to a lot of people as our sports, and I understand that he does he hasn't done a great job of running the team. Mm-hmm. That comment section is full of a lot of angry Knicks fans who uh, who definitely aren't shy to uh, say how they feel about him. Yeah, who who if he if he wanted to, he'd ban from MSG for life probably now. Yeah, well supposedly I I saw a report. Uh, came up on my Instagram feed that the NBA might have games, but they're going to be empty arenas maybe for like the next couple of years until there's a vaccine for this whole thing that's been going on. So I guess James Dolan's going to get his wish, you know, going to yeah. be able just to sit there by himself and watch his Knicks lose. I don't think the owners would go for that. They'll lose so much money. True. I don't think so. I saw that too. Speaking of NBA news. Hey, did you guys see like the beef with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Yes, I did. What do you guys think of that? Because it's better than talking about the mock draft, let's be real. I want to say I told you, I don't know if this was on a recording or if this was over the phone, but I wanted to say that Rudy Gobert is not going to play another game in the NBA after that. Yeah, you did say I um, don't remember where you said it, but I yeah. remember you saying uh, it. And, I, and I'm still going to stick with that. And it's not so much like had he tested positive and, um, and he would have like, you know, not been fucking around before. It would have been okay. But the fact that he's out there kind of like, you know, messing around, touching microphones, doing all this crap, it kind of just rubbed people the wrong way. It, it it just showed the level of immaturity that he has when it comes to serious things. And obviously, it kind of just showed like, hey, I don't care about my teammates. And so I really don't see him playing another game in a Utah Jazz jersey after the season, assuming the season continues at some point this year. You know, he's still under contract. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see him playing an NBA game after this year. In the Damn. NBA. Yeah. Okay. Q. I mean, I, I feel bad for for Utah. Um, you know, actually having this is not a place where free agents, you know, are in love to to go to or mm-hmm. um, where guys necessarily want to play just because of the market. Um, you know, I'm sure Salt Lake City is a lovely place and everything, um, but uh, <laughs> that's what's the just not a it's just not a, <laughs> yeah, it's just not a prime uh, free agent destination. So when they hit on players that are actually, you know, in the draft that, that are actually all-star caliber players, you know, 
that can make the team good, that's uh, a little rare for them. And they got that in Rudy Gobert, um, especially as a de- on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so, you know, like, like George said, I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say maybe he doesn't play in the NBA again, just cause I can see a team being forgiving, you know, just for the sake of being good. Or desperate um, like the next. But I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. But, um, you know, I definitely don't think he'll play in Utah again after this year, um, which is a shame because, you know, the Jazz are a pretty good team with him mm-hmm. um, and everything. But uh, and I think, honestly, this might have all blown over if nobody in the organization had tested positive but him. If he had done all this immature stuff behind got anybody sick, I think they'd be a lot quicker to forgive. Mm-hmm. But because he got their franchise player sick and, uh, you know, possibly a couple others, I think that's what made everything worse. It was not just not only was he immature and how he handled everything, but it resulted in someone else getting hurt. Um, you know, that's where the issue was. Um, and I hope we learned from this. Um, He's kind of like, yeah. yeah, he was kind of like patient zero in the NBA. Yeah. Like he was the first guy to test positive, And then he had literally minutes before just touched all the mics. So it's like, you know what, man, you, you when you're in a position of, of power like that, you, you got to handle things a little bit more maturely than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know everybody's human and stuff, but mm-hmm. you're literally getting paid millions of dollars. And whether you want to accept the role or not, you are a role model. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in front of cameras a lot. So any mistake you make is magnified and can be distributed around the world via media. You just have to be smarter about stuff. And so anybody that, it, like a lot of people should learn from this and, and act accordingly. Yeah. Uh, going back to the draft, because I just saw this in the mock draft, they have Trey Jones from Duke going 54th. And I think last year he was projected to go early second round or maybe even late first round. And 55th, they have Cassius Winston out of Michigan State. They fell. Jeez. I just thought that was interesting. But, uh, yeah. All right, let's have, let's, let's talk about uh, one last dance. Uh, George, just start off with you. What are you looking forward to see in the Chicago Bulls ESPN documentary? I'm just looking forward to seeing everybody talk about Jordan. Now, here's my thing. Jordan is a GOAT. Um, that's the thing. I don't like to say that this person's a GOAT. I think I like to say that they are a GOAT because you have different generations of basketball with different uh, with different GOATs at different times. He was definitely the GOAT of his era. Um, but I just want to see how players talk about him. Is it going to be, you know, kissing his ass? Or is it going to be for real? Because there's an argument out there. It's like, yes, Jordan's really good. But he was he, an asshole. He, yeah, I mean, yeah. But he wouldn't have won jack shit without Scottie Pippen. Scottie! Yeah. Uh, Scotty doesn't go there, doesn't do his thing. It doesn't happen. So I, I, I want to see if they're going to be real about it. I want to see if uh, – I just want to see how honest it's going to be. Is it going to be an honest documentary about his career, or is it going to be just another documentary of kissing Jordan's ass? That's, That's a good one. My question. Q, what about you? I'm just interested to see in how all the different players and, and people involved in you know, the team treated that last season. Um, because like, I think the trailer mentions and like history shows, it was going to be Phil Jackson's loss with the team, uh, mm-hmm. cause of his bad relationship with management. Mm-hmm. Jordan said he wouldn't play with anybody play for anybody other than Phil. 
uh, Scotty Pippen was upset at the lack of money he was making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he was like the 134th highest paid player in Ridiculous. 1998, which is, yeah, sad. And one of the reasons for the lockout the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Dennis Rodman, you know, being just two years, seeing if, you know, it was business as usual for him. That's a good uh, documentary right there, too. The Rodman. So just, yeah. just those four characters alone right there, but uh, all of them potentially hitting. We all know how it ended, but um, just the day to day, how it, how they interacted and how it worked out, and and mm-hmm. and all that, you know, it's it's going to be fascinating to see if there's anything that we didn't already know. Um, yeah, or I got you with that. Worse or better than what they say. I got you with that ESPN Plus, Daniel. May first, I got you. Yes, sir. All right, I I'm more looking forward to seeing Dennis Rodman. Honestly, I love Dennis Rodman. Uh, same way he has to say. I'm also curious. I'm, I agree with George. Is this going to be a like, oh, I'm all on Jordan's nuts, or he's going to be like, yo, he was a dick. Like he was hard to play with, and what I find that interesting. Also, you know, I'm, you know, Kobe's going to say nothing but positive things about Jordan. Jordan was basically his big brother, but it's going to be cool to see uh, Kobe talking about his idol. Yeah. yeah. Unlike Jerry Stackhouse, who couldn't stand Jordan. <laughs> that's, but his it, UNC, that's his UNC brother, too. That's what's yep. interesting what about he, that. What he said did make a lot of sense, though. When you grow up watching your dude play ball like that, mm-hmm. and then, like, let's, let's be real, Jordan's tenure with the Wizards, it wasn't like he was still Jordan, man. That, that, that was like Haynes' commercial Jordan. He was talking about his undershirts and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He wasn't talking about basketball. So... For you to idolize someone like that, for someone to fly through the air when you're a kid, you, you think they're a superhero, and then once you play with them, you're like, "Hey, this dude's a dick," and then yeah. B, this guy can't hang no more. Like, yeah, it does give you a little bit of a uh, of, of a of a reality check. Uh huh. Yeah. So, do they got uh, Kwame Brown in this documentary? I want to see what Kwame <laughs> Brown has to say. Okay, I want to Kwame. see all those Washington Wizards guys. <laughs> Give me all the, give me Tyron Luke, give me Rip Hamilton, give me Jerry Stackhouse, give me everything. <laughs> like, Kwame. <laughs> and Kwame. There you go. All right, where do you rank? It could be this Bulls team versus other great teams. Uh, hmm. Here, here's the thing, and this, and this is definitely a, a, a biased opinion. Um. If the you Bulls, go the right way, I might I might agree with you. All right, well, we'll see. The Bulls teams of the 90s were the great of that generation. Do I think the Bulls team of the 90s would have beaten up on this previously, you know, Warriors dynasty? Hell yeah, because this Warriors dynasty just depends so much on shooting. You know, they, they're not exactly, weren't exactly gritty. As, as tough as Draymond Green thinks he is, like, no. Um, now that's, that's why I agree with what Charles Barkley said. He's that dude in the boy band that no one cares about but thinks he's the star. Um, second, th- I don't know how this Michael Jordan team against the early 2000s Laker dynasty, I, I put that at a push. I think that both teams are very deep. Both teams are very talented. However, when you, when you look at Jordan's time in the 80s, uh, er, uh, late 80s, early 90s, uh, maybe not so much early 90s because he already had a dynasty there, but when he played teams like the Bad Boys and the Celtics, 
he wasn't really able to get over the hump that well. And then they had the Jordan rules. He was getting beat up. It wasn't until he got support from Pippen that it really took that pressure off of him. And then he got, you know, better. Um, and then they started beating those teams once they were already past their prime. So I wouldn't put these Bulls teams above, say, the Showtime Lakers. And as much as I hate to say it, the the Larry Bird Celtics. Um, I wouldn't put this Bulls team over those. And I wouldn't consider putting them over the bad boys. Even though the bad boys only got two NBA championships, I think that team was like a once-in-a-generation kind of thing of just mean and grittiness and we're going to beat the shit out of you kind of thing. Um, do I put this Jordan-led Bulls team in a top five, you know, all time? Possibly, but I wouldn't put them as as, as a, the greatest team ever. Mm, good. Uh, Q? Yeah, I, I think I'm a little biased, but um, I think uh... – I would say the Showtime Lakers, in my opinion, are the greatest team of all time. Like I said, I'm probably biased because I'm a Lakers fan. But yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> I think when you have two of the five greatest players on the same roster, that kind of outweighs uh, or gives credence to, to their team over other teams. Um, and I would say the Bulls are maybe right behind them. Uh, comparing them to like the 80 Celtics is, is a little hard. Um, just because when Jordan played the Celtics in the 80s, um, you know, I don't think he had Scottie Pippen in his prime um, no. or Phil Jackson or any of that. And, you know, he struggled, obviously, against them and didn't beat them. Um, but I don't know how I don't know if it changes if he has those two or or if it's or if it changes significantly. Um, so I think that's where the where it gets a little tricky is, is you know, are you taking the 80s teams or are you taking uh this 90s team bulls but i think i think they're they're in the top five for sure in terms of greatest teams ever i think it's just that's the argument is um are they better than the teams that he couldn't beat when he didn't have the help or when he was younger in his career um in terms of of the current you know teams in the nba or the more recent decades i think the the you know Shaq and kobe lakers and the warriors are in that conversation as well and then probably finish off the top five, but it's hard to compare because basketball is so different just in the last 40 years from the eighties to the nineties to the two thousands. And then this decade it's changed so much. Um, and each team has their own unique style that can dictate the game. Um, and it's just going to go back and forth. So it's, it's kind of hard to compare eras. Um, but I think each of those teams I mentioned was really good um, in, in their particular time. And, and dictating that. So, um, you know, in no particular order, I think each of those teams is definitely uh, in the five greatest of all time. You guys are too nice. I don't think, I think number one, I don't think you guys are biased. I don't think anyone stops Showtime. I don't think anyone stops Magic. I don't think anyone stops Kareem. And you forget about big game James Worthy also on that team. Like, that was a fucking unstoppable... unstoppable. Byron Scott, Michael Cooper. Exactly. AC Green, Kurt yep. Rambis. Like, you... Jeez. Like, this... No one. So, I don't think they're the best. I think, for me, I'm gonna go with... Uh, Showtime is still... Will always be number one. I'm gonna go with the Celtics, because Bird was a bad fucking man. So That's was McHale. That's a bad white Two dude. Two bad white dudes right there. So I'm going to go Bird second, and then I'm going to go Jordan's teams because I feel like Jordan played in a weird era. These guys were leaving. They were getting older, the 80s guys. Mm -hmm. And the 90s 
there's they were still babies. You don't see the Tim Duncan. You don't see the Shaq really blossom until early two thousands. I mean, so I it's think... like it's a weird era. And also, like those those kids like idolized Jordan, so they're like, uh, well, I don't know. It's like Kobe playing against LeBron. Like the guys really didn't get over the hump until they really matured. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a weird era, but. I'm going with Showtime all day. Showtime in Boston. What about the Bad Boys? Bad Boys, if I just wanted a dog team, I'm going with Bad Boys. But I think, think, damn, I would love to see the Bad Boys versus the Warriors, to be honest. Dude, man, Draymond's going to be crying, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, last question before we end it. If Jordan never retired... Will he still be considered the GOAT? What do you mean by retired? Like the first time or the first time? When he when he when he, when he went to go play baseball? Uh-huh. So if that wouldn't happen, will we still consider him the GOAT? Mm-hmm. Is what you're asking me. Uh that's what I have. I think I think he would still be considered the GOAT for that era. Um, but I guess what, what was so significant about that is that he left. And then as soon as he gets back, it's like, bam, you know, like, I'm back, bitches. This is my thing again. So I think that kind of added to the aura of Jordan. Um, but I think if he wouldn't have left, odds are he may have won seven in a row just because of what you said. They were still kids at that time. And it was kind of, like you said, the timing. So I think it would have taken away from the, oh, my God, like, your royal airness because he left and came back and won. And it would have been more of like, hey, you know what? He went on for seven. So it still would have just been the same. Uh, I think I think he still would have been considered the GOAT of that era, just regardless had he left or not. Yeah, he's, yeah I, I agree. Um, I think uh, – I don't know if he wins eight in a row like everybody assumes he would um, just because uh, – you know, it's nobody makes eight finals in a row unless you're LeBron James. And even with that, he had a lot of help uh, with his teams, one and two, not really there being another team to compete with him. Um, so plus, you know, Jordan has said he was he was already burnt out, you know, and then needed a break from the game. So, you know, it's not I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he makes and wins eight finals in a row. But, you know, had he not retired? Um, you know, I'm assuming he wins at least one more ring that obviously helps his case. Um, and, and just him being around and being, if he's anything, you know, like he was in all his other years and, you know, despite injury, um, he's, he's going to be looked at as a goat still. So, um, you know, we'll never know. And, um, I wouldn't he have the same aura, like people have Jordan at number one like will he still have that if he hadn't retired if he hadn't retired you guys still think that I think he would have I think he was I don't I don't think him retiring made him more popular I think he was always okay um, okay okay when someone says that six for six right yeah Okay, go, um, go ahead. Finish, Q. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just shocked. What, but, do, you, what do you mean? No, go. Well, get to your point so I can respond because I'm not sure what you're asking yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think so. 
I think he makes the finals and loses. That's two years, two years that he went to go play baseball. I'm sorry, baseball, you're just sitting on your ass half the game. Probably more than half the game. Like, you just, he uses that. I mean, I wouldn't say you're on your ass. You're standing around, but I wouldn't say you're on your ass. You're basically on the ass when your team is bad. (laughs) But, like, that takes his body, like, time to just, like, rest and all that. If he didn't have that time and played those two years, his his body would not be the same. I I got got an argument for this. I have an argument for that. Basically, Uh, he was ahead of his time. He was load managing before Kawhi did it. There you go. (laughs) Well, for me, it's different. I think, and I'm not saying this because I'm trying to kiss his ass or whatever, but he's just a different person and athlete. He's just like a special one. This is a guy that, you know, they said he would play cards and gamble like all night and then go score 30 the next game. Or there's stories of when he's, um, with Team USA, he stays up all night playing cards with them. Yes, he, he gets like an hour of sleep, wakes up, goes play, goes and plays eighteen rounds of golf, eighteen holes of golf, goes to a photo shoot, then drops twenty in like limited minutes in the game before. He's just a different type of guy. I don't. But that, that's going he, against I don't children think he of necessarily... the South Africa. Like that's the Olympics. But go ahead. No, but he was scoring thirty. He was scoring thirty after gambling all night when he was playing in the league too. So I don't think, you know, unless he had gotten hurt, maybe maybe those two years he gets hurt, like because of the you know the wear and tear of, of playing deep every year and all that. That's the only way I see him getting stopped. You know, would the Rockets have beaten them? Obviously, they would have trouble guarding Hakeem and everything. Um, but that Rockets team, you know, they weren't foregone conclusions to win the titles those, year, those years either. They went to seven games against the Knicks. They went to seven games against the, the Suns in the rounds before. You know, they might have been tired if they had played the Bulls and stuff like that. So um, I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt um, in those matchups just from all the evidence we have. Um, and even if he goes seven for eight, let's say, or six for seven, does it change it that much? I think it get, I think it ruins the argument a little bit because you can't say he was perfect or that he never lost when mm-hmm. he got there. But it's still a better final record than like LeBron or anybody else, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it, it ruins the argument that much. I don't know where I heard this, but have you guys heard the conspiracy theory of why he took a year off? Yeah, because of his gambling with the mob. Yeah. He I took two years off. Too. Not one, two. But look. I think what, what we're overlooking here is something that's very important that added to his aura, as I said, when he took the time off. He made Space Jam. Yeah, that he, helped a lot, too. I mean, it's one of the most famous shoes ever, the Space Jam Jordans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, baseball made him look human. I know what? He, he can't be good have, at shooting. I just don't think he'll have the same aura with him. I seriously think, look, he played in 92-93. So he played only one year against that Shaq and Orlando Magic team, all right? Mm-hmm. Then he was gone. I'm saying that, honestly, if he would have played those two years, a lot of the teams, especially the younger teams, would have been used to playing against Jordan. I'm not saying they're going to stop him. No way. No one's going to stop Jordan. But they won't be, like, in shock when they see his greatness. You guys feel me? You guys get me? So you think that taking that year off kind of gave him a, a mental Taking those two years off, not one. Oh, right. You're sorry. Yeah. Two years off, yes. And then I think, if I remember correctly, Q, if I'm wrong, help me. 
he came back when it was a shortened NBA season. Is that right? I believe. It wasn't. It wasn't. You mean in 95? Yeah, whenever he came back. It wasn't a shortened NBA season. He just came back like a month before the playoffs started. Yeah, so he, he came back with a 45 he jersey. He didn't come back like, you know, at the beginning of the year or middle. It yeah, was like okay. in March. So he took a year and a half off. Let's say that. This magic moment, another great 30 for 30. Yes. Yeah, great. But I just think that if he would have played on – because when, how old was he when he left? Does anyone know? Let me, let me he see. Got drafted in, for you. He got drafted in 84. He's 21. So he would have been like 30. Probably mm-hmm. 32 when he came back. Been 30s almost. So if he would have played from all those, that's wear and tear in your body. And you're already going three straight finals. And then you try to go for another two. That's five straight finals. Like, So I you're saying. So here's another argument to support yeah. your uh, your side of it, and because I know I've, I've I've gone against your argument with the space gym stuff. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and add something else to that. <laughs> um, so you're saying that like let's say he would have played those two full seasons or that full year and a half that he had off, mm. Washington Wizard Jordan would have happened earlier in a Chicago uniform. Uh, I think it probably would have happened. No, I'm not. Maybe because of the wear and tear. That's crazy, but yeah, because of the wear and tear. And back then, like, honestly, medicine and rehab isn't what it is today. Oh, no. That's why LeBron's able to do what he can. Back then, there was none of that shit. <laughs> There's I, other reasons why LeBron can do what he can. Ooh, go that don't Miami go office. there. Don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. We're going to get pulled on. <laughs> My computer's going to stop. It's going to freeze. <laughs> but I just don't think so. Like, I just don't think he'll have the same aura. Because whenever you talk about Jordan, especially the old ass heads, and I'm talking about like my dad's era, my dad's era, six for six, you can't be that perfect, 72 and 10 with the ring. Like, I don't think he goes undefeated in the finals. I'm sorry. I don't think so. And I think that takes a step down. So let me ask you this. are Are you saying Houston beats them? Or are you would, saying somebody else beats them? I would love I to see that. I would love to see the Houston. Because, because let's be honest, it's it's gonna if anyone beats them, it's just gonna be Houston. You're yeah, not gonna. I agree. Me, the Knicks beat them. It's, no. It's like saying that. It's like saying if LeBron retired in the middle of his A Finals run, all the Raptors would have beat him when he came back. It's like we never saw that happen, so we can't say that Toronto's beating or that no. the Knicks are gonna beat them. Or anybody in the East. So it has to be Houston or that's it, I think. So Oh, I agree. Um, that that's the only thing for me is I don't I don't know I if think, you, even if he if he does lose, I don't know who does it except for Houston. And I, um, you know. Then you I, have to make the argument for that team only. But that yeah. Houston team was nice though. That Houston think, team was really good. I think uh you know, because we're talking they took a year and a half off. I think Jordan maybe gets four in a row. And then maybe it's that fifth year where Houston would have seen him the second time around that he may have lost that one mm-hmm. only because that would have put him at what his sixth year in a row. And, uh, you know, with Hakeem, Ori, Drexler, Kenny Smith, uh, Sam I, Cassell, don't forget. Oh, I forgot Sam Cassell. Yeah, dude, the guy who hurt his groin doing the mm-hmm. got no marbles dance for Minnesota. Yeah. I can go ahead and forget him if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, sunk Minnesota's only chance at a title. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like, but here's the thing. I know you're saying that the aura would have been less because maybe he would have lost or whatever, which which I agree with. But he was kind of already a larger-than-life personality. So it's kind of hard to say that that would have, like, taken him down, like, so much. You feel me? I still think that he would still have it. Would it be the same amount? Probably It wouldn't not. be the same amount, man. But I think the um, I, I I don't think the difference would be that great, if that makes sense. Let me ask you: Has anyone else gone undefeated in the finals? Has anyone else gone undefeated in the finals? No. Who's okay. the Darko, Mil- Darko Milicic? Besides, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Besides Darko and Patrick McCaw. <laughs> oh, Patrick! Patrick McCaw is a good one. He's halfway there. <laughs> Darko is a human. The human victory cigar. No, you're forgetting Slava. I don't think Slava was on that team that lost to the Pistons, right? No, I think he was. Oh, never mind. You know, you know what? You Slava's know three and one. Because when they. <laughs>